Hi, Kelly. I hear you are off on a big adventure. Yeah, I'm trying to hashtag it Kelly's European Adventure. <laughs> Have you been to Europe before? Many times, yes. But it's just okay, vaguely Europe, to hear generically Europe. All of it. I I, I hate when people say that. It's like when I when I lived there, it used to really bother me when people from North America were like Europe, as if it's just like it's anything but a monolithic place, <laughs> right? So, tell me the countries that you're going to. So I'm going to Finland. So I like okay, I like I had to make a whole list of all these so I like could get all the logistics figured out. Which I, what is this pro tip? When you're traveling multiple races, you got to like make a list to figure out all your logistics. So I'm flying into Helsinki, train to Lati which is where I'm racing Finland, then hanging out in Helsinki, flying over to Stockholm, train out to, it looks like John Coping, and apparently it's pronounced Jenshipping. I don't know. Of course. <laughs> of course. Racing in Sweden, come back to Stockholm, and then come home, and then I'm going to Lake Placid, and you're going to Lake Placid. Yay! Yay. So this means that we might be able to, well, we'll definitely record a live video before the race. And I heard there's another special person going to Lake Placid. Right. Well, so, okay. So I guess we should preface this with while I'm traveling and Sarah's traveling, we're going to be taking a break. So this is going to be like our last podcast episode for the next four weeks. We'll be coming back the end of July. Yes. But, we'll be back July 27th. But. Yes. But in the meantime, in the this meantime, is a very special but everybody. We uh, will be doing some videos from Lake Placid and guys, my parents are coming to Placid. So you're all going to get to meet my mom. We'll have live video. I was going to say video voicemails, live videos from Kelly's mom. From Kelly's mom. So here's what we need you guys to do. Okay. Send us a message on, on any of the social medias we're at if we were riding or send me an email, Sarah at livefeisty.com, Sarah with no H, and tell us what you want us to ask Kelly's mom about. She actually wants to set up a uh, live Live Feisty uh, advice booth at Placid. So. <laughs> Amazing. So any listeners who are going to Lake Placid, you may have another opportunity as well. But you're also going to be doing some other coverage after Placid, you're going to cover Alyssa, who hosts Iron Woman's fastest known time trail attempt, which I feel like this is like sounds like we have to explain what that is. She's going for the fastest known time on the Long Trail, which is a portion of the Appalachia Trail in Vermont. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Nice. Thank so you. starting very near where Lake Placid is in Vermont, Alyssa, who hosts the Iron Woman podcast, is just like Kelly said, going off going after a record on a piece of the trail that's called the Vermont Long Trail. Um, and it's 273 miles. And the record is, the women's record is five days, seven hours and 42 minutes. So Alyssa thinks she can better this. She even Wait, has like a hammock they, she's going to sleep in the How do they get it like down to the minute? Is there like a specific like marker for when you're starting oh, th- and when you're done? Yeah, yeah, there are. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I had a big sort of like media planning conversation with Alyssa earlier this week and yeah there's like an exact place you have to start a finish and you have to I think you have to like strava the crap out of this thing so that yeah I mean they used to did. do fastest known times before and it was like self-recorded and you had like whatever but since strava they've really taken off like fkts if you want to be in the know that's right things are super trendy now very hot but you're also going to be crewing for her not just video, not just like following her around videoing her. Well, I'm mostly following her around videoing her, but now, but I'm hoping, I actually don't know how I'm going to do all of these things, but 
I do also need to run a little bit because I'm training for our big swim run right. event. Because after August. Placid, after the FKT, then you're swim running. Then I'm swim running. So I need to uh, join a list. And that will actually be good training because there's like some technical sections and some hiking. And I think that will be good training for me too. So I'm using it as like a catch-all trip. But so for you guys who are listening, uh, Kelly and I will not be here on the podcast, but we will be doing live videos from the Facebook page. You will see from Iron Women Facebook page some, uh, some coverage of Alyssa's run. And Kelly and I will record a podcast um, as soon after her race in Lake Placid as we can. So coming up on this show, though, we have a few things. When you crack during Ironman training or in life in general, um, we have a voicemail from Kelly's mom. So that's good. We have a swim run update. Also, how do we keep up with all the races that are happening all the time? Is triathlon just a little bit too niche? And then later, we have a new poll of the week. Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc., whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive uplifting messages such as strong is the new skinny and I can, I will, end of story. You can support the podcast, get 20% off with the code RIDING at AskKickerInc, Inc. with a K, dot com. If We Were Riding is also proud to be sponsored by Crave Jerky. Crave Jerky is low in fat, a good source of protein, gluten-free, yay, and contains all natural ingredients. You can support the podcast and get 20% off your online orders by using the code RIDING at cravejerky.com. That is crave with a K. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get Okay, Sarah. So I'm in peak Ironman training and I cracked. I, I gathered. Cracked, I cracked this week, which actually was like, it wasn't the worst ever, but it, ha- but it happens. It happens routinely about four, three, four weeks before your big race. It, everything becomes impossible, right? Like every, you're just like, I can't, I can't even function as a person anymore. What happens to you when you crack? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Cause I was, I was thinking about it after, if anyone hasn't read it, go to Kelly's newsletter this week. It's, it's on livefeisty.com, but most of you will have got it in your inbox, of course. And after I read your, you know, your essay about this, I thought, wow, I do crack. I feel all of those things. But what's funny is for whatever reason, I think I like internally implode instead of, so like, I don't, I might sometimes cry more easily or have like external things happening or like a show of emotion, but that's really rare. But like all the things you were saying, I, I totally feel them. So I think somehow I'm cracking, but I'm like, uh, and I just end up sitting on the couch and I would give like a knowing look to my husband and he's like, oh yeah. Okay. You just stay there. I'll take care of everything. So <laughs> my husband came goes. home one time and I was laying on the ground and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm rallying. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, I feel like I should caveat, like, (laughs) none of these things are healthy, right? Like, if you are getting sick all the time and injured all the time and, like, crying all the time, beyond Ironman training, you know, beyond this, like, short, acute period, like, that's probably not good, you you know, perhaps you should see a doctor. But I feel like 
they, these things happen for this acute period. Like it's not that big a deal. It's fine. As long as like you go back to normal eventually. And you know, for sure. How did you pull out of your cr- recent crash? Oh, this past weekend I ate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's usually what it is, right? You got to eat. Food. But, but, uh, the problem was I was out, like I live kind of on the edge of farmland. Like there's nothing. So I was out where there was like nothing except this tourist cheese it's called the cheese factory whatever it's a cheese shop you go on the wine and cheese trail and you stop there so i stopped but it was so late in the day it was actually closing and there were no tourists anymore and the people working in the cheese shop were like what is this girl doing and i stood there in the middle of the cheese shop trying to think figure out if they had any food besides cheese and i was like i was like i guess i could eat some cheese all right and anyway, eventually they gave me a sandwich and some chips and I sat at this cheese shop and ate a sandwich. That's amazing. I think it's a sign. It's a definite sign that you're cracking. If you can't make a decision, right? Like that was always a simple decision. Like, what do I want for dinner? We're like, do they sell more than cheese here? <laughs> um, you're like, yeah, I mean, I have the where you're staring at somebody else and they've stopped talking and you realize it's your turn to talk. And you're like, that's how conversation works. You can't <laughs> think of anything to say. That's amazing. So I'm going through a, a different learning curve with cracking right now because I'm like I'm being entrepreneur girl, right? Entrepreneur woman. And I'm realizing that there's a whole different level of cracking. So you don't have the same physical fatigue. But I go through these massive phases of thinking of being super positive and everything's great and I'm doing this great job of my business to like, oh my God, I totally suck. Why am I doing this? This was not a good idea. And so I hit recently, like I hit a low right at the same time we decided to do the swim run and I ended up getting sick. But you think that you get sick once you just like, once you have a, that you got sick because like you decided you're going to do some run, you had a goal and then you got sick. Sort of. I think that happens with some frequency. Like I think you kind of like, sometimes you just turn the dial a little bit. Like I was riding a really, you're riding the line. Tight line. line, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of like overdoing it, doing too much, doing too much training, too much work. And then I'm like, Oh, this is a great idea. I'll do a swim run race for which I have to train more. I just turned the dial a little bit, started training a little more and boom. It was down. I feel like I always get sick right after. Like you hang in there, you hang in there, you hang in there. And then like the week after your big race, like the one that you've everything. Oh my God. You like, like the week after Kona, the one time I've done Kona, I was so sick, like so sick. And then I'm laying there being like, I don't know why I'm so sick. And then I was like, oh, right. I kept picking sponges up off the ground and putting them in my mouth. Because that seemed like a good idea in the middle of the race. Well, and I think like I would love a doctor to explain this because this is a very common thing. I think just with stress in general. So no matter what the stress is from when you it's when you rest after that stress, it's part of our fight or flight response, I think, where we're in a stressful situation and we're like we're in the woods and we're being tracked by another animal. And we stay on and we're fine. And then when we're home back in the teepees and we're whatever in the tents and we're asleep and we're back with the pack, then we start to get sick. I mean, it it used to happen in college, right? Like you would get sick after finals. My mom and my sister with teachers, they would always get sick right after the school year ended. Uh, Like it's like, I mean, it happens like whatever kind of thing you do, you like you make it through. I, you know how I have... You know how I have like heart episodes? It's like a thing. I do know. Yeah. Right. So I have like after 
when I crash the car or when I've crashed my bike, I have the flight or fight and there'll be like this minute where I'm like, okay, is everything okay? And then once my body realizes I'm not dead, then I like have a massive heart episode and I like pass. It's like, there's the, Mm. so it's like, there's the, your body's check, like, okay, everything's fine. All right. Now we can freak out. So I think there's, I've never heard a doctor explanation. Me neither. No, but I, but I think this it's is a real. thing. It's a real yeah, thing. This is real. So medical community, we want to hear from you. We want to know, or we want to know if someone wants to do the study. <laughs> we, will, we will help you find candidates for this study. I've never actually heard good explanations from doctors either about the whole, like what happens to you in Ironman training and how, when you crack, what happens? I do keep thinking though about, we were talking about last week, how none of this is smart. Like it's not... We, not, we don't do any of this because it's smart. No. It's not healthy. And my mom, uh, my mom had, had some thoughts about that. Well, I just have something to say about this whole be smart thing. You know, you said a long time ago, and I don't even know who you were quoting. Nobody climbs Mount Everest for their health. If you were being smart, you wouldn't do any of this. None of this is smart. We were smart. We'd stop eating French fries and go for a couple of two-mile walks a day. Be smart. Anyway, you're doing it because it's fun and because it makes you feel good, I'm assuming. I am curious about how this swim-run thing works. I need somebody to explain to me why you need a compass. Be smart. So I think your mom asked a good question there, which we were wondering ourselves, too, is what the compass is for in the swim run. Cause that's what scares me a little bit. That's what is, scares you. Y- yeah, actually, because I, I orienteering, probably not my thing. Like on, on an, a list of order of things that c- could go wrong. I know how to get my fitness to where it needs to be. Okay. I, I, I in, at least know how to do that. Right. The technical running part, you know, I know how to train that. If I need a compass and I'm randomly in the middle of nowhere and I don't know where I'm going, I, I don't know what to do. Well, my theory is it's from island to island. So just get across the island. That's not hard, right? Yeah. So why would you need a compass? Because I think it's harder than I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it looked like on the video. Like it did look like I watched the video for this and it looks like there are some little islands that are just not that are kind of just rocks and weeds, like tiny little islands where you go from one side to the other, like there's literally not a trail. Yes. And so maybe that's what your compass is for. To be like, I'm going the right way. People keep asking us which swim run we're doing. And I keep being like, oh, the big one, like Swim Run USA. Like, I think it's the only like Attila one in the US, right? Yeah, it's the only Attila branded one, which I guess is the kind of official, it's the Ironman of Swim Run. Right. Whatever, the official one that has the championship races and that's so big in Europe. Um, so, but, and it's in Maine, right? Yes, it is in Maine. It's in the islands off of, I forget the harbor, but whatever. Um, Casco Bay. Bay. Yes. Mm -hmm. But when people keep asking this, it does make me feel like, how many goddamn races are there, right? Like people are like, oh, which swim run are you doing? And I said I was going to Sweden for the 70.3. And I'm not doing the Sweden 70.3, to be clear. I'm doing the other one. And there's just like so many many races. Yeah, I thought about this this week because on the Iron Women podcast, we interviewed Stephanie, Stephanie Hua. Um, Is that how you say it? I thought it was Stephanie Roy. Well, she said that she will answer to Stephanie Roy, but in French, it's Hua. Anyway, so she, but she's, you know, she's Canadian. 
She's won three 70.3s. And I mean, her name has been like sort of on my radar, but it's a very strange time in our sport where you can have someone who's won three 70.3s from my country. And I'm still kind of like, huh, who, <laughs> you know, it, when I first started you, I knew everyone who won everything. Well, in all fairness, you are not racing anymore. Yeah. I'm also not paying as close attention, but I still think it's fair that when you have 70.3 races and sometimes multiple ones with pro races, every weekend and you go to Ironman and there's races all across the banner at the top. Um, it's sort of hard to keep track of what's what it's super hard to keep track. I mean, even just limiting it to the pro races, there's like 78, 70.3 pro races in the year, which is a lot. Like that's a lot. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily convinced there need to be less. There's an argument for and against that, but that's still like, it's hard to keep up with. And, um, I think it makes it hard to be a fan of the sport. I think it makes it hard to follow the sport. It just makes it even more, even more confusing and niche and obtuse than it already is. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's a great thing if the sport has grown to this point this quickly. I mean, we've talked about the recent decline too much probably on this podcast, but that it's grown really quickly, even in the time I've been in it and that all of these races can be sustained and there are people participating in them. And that's great. The problem is, is that the, you know, that we're not like, we're not really creating any heroes. We're not creating a sustainable pro race um, for people who want to follow along with what the top end are doing. And so there's, there has to be a way to do that. I think through media or Iron Man could do better. Iron Man could do better, period. No, there's like an argument out there along the whole, like, which we talked about before the whole, like the pros need to be more professional. And like in that vein of school of thought, there is an argument that there should be tiers, right? There should be, let's just have seven races, all the best people do them. And those are like the top level races. And then there's like another tier down that's kind of more the development athletes, the tier B, you know, the lower level pros, whatever, um, kind of like how ITU does. Cause you have world cups, you have continental cups, then you have world cups, then you have WTS, right? World triathlon series. And so you move up and that makes it like clearer, like, you know what to follow if you're following the sport. Iron Man kind of has tiers with like the different races having different points. It's like, except that it's never clear. Like even, even if you follow the sport, even if you like are relatively in it, you don't necessarily know, you know, which one's a bigger deal to win. Yeah, exactly. So I think I do agree with your theory about the tiers. And I know a lot of people have put this forward and I think that, It also creates a path for, I know a lot of people who would consider, say, doing a pro race or an elite race. You know, sometimes they'll have an elite amateur race at some non-Ironman races. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to give like definite and clear stepping stones for people to get from being a really good age grouper who, you know, who's a certain age into the elite levels of racing. I think that would be really cool. Um, But I think that that needs to be super clearly delineated and we also have to have a way to follow and celebrate the top tier athletes and even the next tier down even the next tier it is also uh, this is just like personal but it's, it's very frustrating that like no one literally knows when you got like eighth at x race that that was like a really big deal because that race was really hard a way bigger mm-hmm. deal than getting second at some other race that nobody can right no people just don't people literally don't know the difference which is like a very very insidery thing to know and and it, <laughs> it makes me feel like triathlon is very very insidery and niche that we keep talking about oh we want to grow it we want to expand it we want it to be bigger but only if you already know the secret handshake is what it feels like <laughs> 
Yeah, it. I mean, it does a little bit. It's partially, I mean, partially because as you get further and further in gray and there's so much equipment and there's so much like specialty talk about paces and heart rates and power. And so it just kind of lends itself to, to that, that kind of talk or people who are interested in those little gritty details. I think it's also though that, and we've talked about this and people have said this before, if you run, if you just like casually run a couple times a week, you feel like a runner, you like probably subscribe to runner's world. You like identify as that. If you want, you're a triathlete. Like even if you bike sometimes and sometimes you go to the pool, it doesn't, you don't necessarily feel like a triathlete. It doesn't, it's not like an identity. It's very tied up in racing, which is weird. And then once you get into racing, it can become, triathletes can become a little detail obsessed. A little, a little bit, a little bit. And so then I've literally had days where like, I will, someone online will be like yelling at me about how like, I don't know the difference between whatever, right? Between late, what, like about butyl versus latex tubes and how are, you're an idiot. How could you possibly be writing butyl? Which I don't, I write latex, but whatever. And then I'll be at the office and someone will be like, oh, triathlon. So is that like swim and, and biking? And you're like, how am I having like both these conversations in the same goddamn day? Yeah, that's a good point. Is there a way to make it more accessible? Like how, how are we going wrong in our messaging? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm like brainstorming as you're saying this. And I'm like, well, I don't think it's us first off. I don't think we are messaging anything. But we're the media, Kelly. Are we're we? I mean, the massive triathlon media is giant. It's we have huge. To, we have to take some personal responsibility here and try okay. to get the message. Because think about this. Swim, bike, run. I mean, it's not as basic as running, right? But swim, bike, run, it's pretty simple. These are three simple things that people all understand, right? So I, I feel that we could have the messaging be more inclusive. I think it's getting more inclusive. I also just think, obviously, yeah. It also is very niche and tiny and obsessive and it lends itself to online forums. You know, there isn't like a middle, it's much of a middle ground, middle ground. That's what we should create. We will create a middle ground. We need the middle ground. I mean, I mean, obviously that was the whole argument why we created the newsletter in the first place. It was supposed to be a middle ground in between like people yelling at me on slow Twitch and like me having to explain what comes first, right? Like there was supposed to be a middle ground mm-hmm. and that I think is what is missing. So we're, that's, that's the plan. That's the goal, Sarah. We're going to do it. I know there can be a middle ground. I think I liked your example when we were talking before the podcast, I think you gave an example of sort of a sort of the way the runner's world might do articles where it's like the article might be about running training, but you might include like basic marathon training, but you might include tips from a pro or bring in like that high level down as well. Um, so I think there's a way to present information that is, um, I keep saying the word inclusive. I feel like I need a I feel like you word. need a new word. Yeah. We're going to get you a new word. Yeah. So I mean, somebody we are, get me a thesaurus. <laughs> we are all about our vocab in triathlon <laughs> and our acronyms and like having super special words that we can like use to make ourselves feel super special and fancy. Um, I would also say, I think, like if we're making decisions for all triathletes, then here is mine. I think we could all get a little bit away from being like super obsessive about gear and like the nitpicky of, you know, I need to get X number of carbohydrates per every 20 minutes. And like, oh my God, because all we're doing is making it sound something that is already perfectly finely complicated 
even more complex and expensive and like fancy and unnecessary. And for the love of God, like I don't care about gear. Like I don't personally, it's not, I have nice gear. I like my gear. It works for me, but I'm like, I'm not a gearhead. I don't always want to talk about it. And for some reason we've made triathlon be like being a gearhead is a prerequisite, right? Like, oh, well, everybody wants to debate over like which crank size you should use. No, we fucking don't, right? Like, (laughs) God. That's really true. It is. Okay, I can, here's what I'm thinking now. So, so my husband Clint and I run a triathlon club here, you know, and so there are, we have 70 to 100 people at any given time who are in the middle. There's very few people in our club who want to talk to me specifically about wh- the number of toggle things on their... Cr- See, I don't even know the Toggle things? Okay. Toggle things. The, nice. Nice. The number Solid. of teeth on their cranks. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, on their chain ring. You know, people don't want to talk about that. Wow. Right? You just it's said just, the number of toggle things on your crank. I'm pretty sure there are people <laughs> listening who have just completely stopped listening to you. They're like, Sarah clearly doesn't know what she's talking about. She is obviously not a real triathlete. Screw to my it. credit, it's been a couple years and I'm feeling a bit sick. And I did come up with the real words eventually, which is teeth and chain rings. <laughs> so to your point, there are people in the middle ground. And so how do we talk to them and collect them? Because the, those, all of those people, we want to collect them and we want to talk to them. So middle ground people. Middle ground people. Uh, speaking of super insidery things, do you get, and I only bring this up because I said we would mention, I would explain it oh, yeah. in the newsletter. Do you get the weird slow twitch emails that are unloading Trisports inventory? I do actually. Did yeah. you sign up for them though? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. I, I signed could up be for wrong them. though. I don't want to say that for sure. Um, okay. So I guess some background. Trisports went bankrupt. Arguably, they were a big online triathlon shop, but right. it also had like a brick and mortar store in, in Tucson. Tucson. And they were great for like, I actually had to explain this to someone at the office the other day. They were like, what, what do you need for triathlon that you couldn't buy at Dick's? And I was like, everything. Um, and I bought a lot of stuff on TriSports because they have like the specific thing that connected your water bottle cage to your computer mount. I have you you know, your toggle to your credit. Right, exactly. Uh, but they went out a bit, they went bankrupt, um, arguably because they were over leveraged. And my understanding is that Slow Twitch, the guy who owns Slow Twitch, not Slow Twitch, Dan and his business partner bought it like on the cheap and they got with it like all the inventory. So then they were going to unload all the back inventory, but they're doing it like by sending out these emails that are just like literally a list of wetsuits, like a list, just like a spreadsheet list of wetsuits with like a price next to them. And it's like, email me if you want one of these. <laughs> like, what the hell? And then I was like, holy hell, triathlon is so goddamn tiny and niche. Like this is, this is our system for doing stuff. There's like an Excel spreadsheet that you get with all the discounts from the biggest triathlon store that used to exist and now no longer does. Right. This is how you get your information. And so, uh, yeah, whenever people talk about triathlon getting super big, that's just what I think that I got an email this week with a list of wetsuits and prices telling me. If I'm in the San Diego area, I could come by <laughs> and get one. <laughs> and we wonder why our sport's not growing. Yeah. I mean, I get, I appreciate, you know, no hating on getting rid of your stuff and selling it off. Totally. But, but I can't imagine this happening in the running world. True. True. Well, 
You just like went out. What was that? Do you want to say after the break? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, sorry, Aaron. Here we go. After the break, Kelly and I are going to talk about this week's poll and discuss because we've been doing polls every week on Instagram and Twitter. So you guys watch out for that. We're going to do the poll after the credits. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ass Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get 20% off by using the code RIDING, that's R-I-D-I-N-G, at asskickerinc, inc with a K, dot com. And Crave Jerky, crave with a K, dot com. If you don't already, follow us on all the social medias at If We Were Riding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Riding is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, our highly scientific polling method that I'm pretty sure my husband, who actually hires pollsters, would have some opinions about, uh, has been putting things up on Twitter and asking people what they think. Yeah, and sometimes on Instagram stories. Yeah, well, there you go. That's way more scientific. Never mind. Yeah, see, there you go. And this week, here's the question. Iron Man announced that the 70.3 Worlds for 2020 will either be in New Zealand or in Perth, Australia, which is Western Australia. Which one would you prefer? Perth or New Zealand? Okay, I'd love to know what the the moving parts are here. Did they give reasons why? They're lovely places. They're Did they lo- say where in New Zealand? Because New Zealand yeah, yeah, yeah. is Taupo. multiple islands. Okay, Lake Taupo. Taupo. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a tiny place. It's like, I figured that was good enough. Whatever. Okay. I never do this, but I'm going to go for personal reasons. I always try to keep the reasons overarching to all of the factors, but I'm not okay. going to. Okay. I'm going to go with Taupo this time because if I want to cover the race live from the Iron Women Facebook page, I would rather go to Taupo, New Zealand. I've never been to New Zealand. I personally would rather it was in New Zealand too. And it was also in Australia two years ago. Yeah, 2016. Um, And I get that Western Australia is vastly, vastly different than Sunshine Coast. They're like opposite coasts and it's a huge country. But still, I do think uh, when you're moving it around every year, which Iron Man has decided it's going to do now, um, move Sunny with three there's like, they're trying to find this balance between having it in different regions and hitting all the regions, but also like having it places that it can be where there is literally the infrastructure and the people and having it places that there's like enough of a clientele. So tricky business. It is tricky business. Also, do they plan to continue with the two day format for the women's race? Yes. Because that's super important. So yes, they do. For now, that is what the plan is that they are. Okay. They're doing that. They're already doing that for 2018 and 2019. And I believe the announcement is that that is the plan for 2022. Amazing. Okay. So we want to know what you think. So watch for our polls coming this week, Twitter and Instagram. Kelly, I hope you have a great trip to Europe. To Europe. (laughs) And I'll see you in Lake Placid.